Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. What is up, everybody? It's Mitch Michaels, Zachary Cohen, and Kenny Ducey. Tennis bets the final tournament of the 2023 season. It's the ATP Finals from Turin. Guys are here for a great show. We are almost in the book with the first matches for everybody in the field. A lot to discuss in this tournament, this elite, the top eight in the world. Guys, welcome to the show. Uh, Zico, top right. Nice to see you again here. And uh, look, we've made it here. We got to the final eight. We've seen some interesting results so far. And uh, there's still just so much more. We got one more match left in the show, but in the day to day. But thoughts so far on what you've seen and just, you know, your your pulse right now on the betting side of things as three matches are complete. Yeah, I mean, I did a play on Zverev to win the group at plus 500. So seeing him beat Akaraz was nice, even though I did play Akaraz in that head to head. But I kind of looked at that group and I did not really see a huge difference between Zverev and the other three guys outside of Alcaraz. And Alcaraz was coming into this tournament really struggling. So I saw that as a really nice betting opportunity. And I do wonder if now Zverev goes into the next two matches with just, you know, supreme confidence after having finally beaten Carlos. And as for the other group, I don't know. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see Novak against Sinner. I'm really looking forward to that with the Italian crowd, you know, cheering Sinner on and getting under Novak's skin. That's going to be really fun to watch. So, Kenny, is, uh, we welcome Kenny Ducey to the show as well. well uh, th- today was our first upset of the three group matches by the odds with Zverev winning a three-set match. Yesterday, we saw Djokovic, Holger, another three-set match, really a carbon copy of theirs before. And we also saw Sinner, the hometown guy, win his first match against Tsitsipas. So, looking at those three matches as we gear up for the All-Russian contest coming up in about 30 minutes, what stood out to you as uh, the fireworks are underway in Turin? Yeah, I would say that Sinner Sitsipas match was pretty telling to me. I thought that Yannick looked really good. Sitsipas, as Zico and I have been talking about, and you as well in, in our group chat for weeks, he's been serving incredibly well. These are fast courts. They should they should suit really both players, but they uh, really would make it hard to return Sitsipas's serve. I thought Sinner did that very well. He is a Sindor specialist, so that makes sense. And I, I. I I can't help but think, you know, this is this could be one of those those matches that he he takes out Novak Djokovic. And we've talked a lot about the ATP finals. I'm sure that we'll get into it a little bit with the variance that happens at this event. But uh, you think back to Dominic team, Novak Djokovic 2019. You know, there's just a lot of things to this tournament you don't normally see that you see here, which which makes it a fun tournament. You know, you see Novak Djokovic make unforced errors in a tiebreak. You see Novak Djokovic lose a tiebreak from a mini breakup. That's just stuff that doesn't usually happen, um, but it really is a, a fun event. You know, everyone is it, – it, it's the eight best players from the year. They have all the press before. They have all the events. So there's there's a lot that goes into it, and I think um, it definitely differs in terms of the routine that players are in before the tournament. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going back to the actual tennis, though, that was a very impressive win for Sinner, and I'm very interested to see him play Novak, I think, 
Zico's right on with Zverev at the in the bottom group, Group B, whatever they're calling it, the Red Group, the Zverev Group, the Alcaraz yeah. Group. I don't know the Charlie Group, but uh, I do think that Zverev uh, was a very sharp play. I think we actually talked about him maybe being an ATB Finals underdog uh, mm-hmm. or dark horse rather on the last show. So that 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 is pretty wise. Yeah, the uh, press, they had eight different dress codes, too, to what they wore to the red carpet, which was nice to see. Uh, before we get to some of these matches in particular, Zico, court condition guy, uh, fast is what I've written down. And, and I actually, look, we, we can talk about how different courts play differently. This is pretty much expected. You play indoor, you play finals. It's going to be some quick lightning, even indoor tennis. So looking at what's happened and maybe some of the players Kenny mentioned, it does seem like players that have games suited to this are going to do well or maybe be, you know, better than their odds would indicate. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do think it helps Zverev against Alcaraz because he has such a good serve. I think in that Sitsipas center match, it was kind of just a strength on strength thing. And, you know, both guys can really hit with power, both can serve. So I think the center just got the best of him there. But I do think that will play a factor moving forward. And I'm interested in seeing how it goes. Um, but yeah, I do think that especially in this Rublev-Medvedev match, I was a little bit concerned about it because, you know, when Rublev is hitting well from the baseline, especially on a fast indoor court, it could be really hard to get balls back in play. And, you know, that's going to kind of take away Medvedev's defense a little. But at the same time, as far as that specific matchup goes, uh, I do think that Medvedev's serve will look a lot better on a surface like this. This match in particular today, Kenny, we saw Zverev win it, uh, loses that tie break first. It was uh, exceptional down the stretch. That 6-3 set, set two, Zverev lost, I think, six service points. So that was one where he's lights out, as Zico said, on an indoor court. It wasn't that Alcaraz even played that poorly. He didn't have many looks, and that's a credit to Sasha indoors at this event. But, you know, you can look at results and upsets anyway. I, I look at this more as what Zverev did versus what Alcaraz's shortcomings were. 100%. I mean, this was one of the best matches we've seen Zverev play uh, since the comeback. You know, I think I think the U.S. Open was another area where he really excelled. He played a lot of good matches like this. The center match, he looked amazing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always deserving with Zverev, right? And I think when you, when you look at today, he was able to influence Alcaraz on return a lot. He went up the early break. He had love 40 at three all to get another break. Just a tough service game after that, which sort of cost him the set. And then the second set, I believe it was love 30. He was down. It looked like Alcaraz was about to close the door. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe that's what separates him from uh, the guys who've been there for 20 years, like Novak, Rafa, Roger, that, uh, you know, it, but but to, to Zverev's credit, right? I mean, he comes down, he bombs two serves. Uh, even the the love 15 point, he went huge on a second serve, big serve down the tee. Alcaraz somehow got it back and won the point. So I think it was just an exhibition in serving. And when you talk about these fast courts in Turin, I think it's going to come down to who, I mean, you even look at that Runa match, right? When Novak went up the break in the third set, Runa was ready to come back. He was ready to fight back. And Nolai just served incredibly well. And I know yeah. that's something, that's an aspect of his game where we talk about it, us three, because we're the, the real tennis heads. But, you know, that's something that sometimes gets overlooked because of his amazing defense, because of his backhand um, and his mental fortitude. But, you know, if you can just hit your spots on this court uh, with, with a little bit of pace, it's really going to it's going to make life hard. So that's why I think, you know, the four guys we've mentioned are very dangerous here. Sitsipas, Medvedev, Zverev and Djokovic. And, you know, we, we did also talk a little bit uh, as well about Alcaraz. But I think what we're seeing with Alcaraz is a pattern or not a pattern, but a uh, a reprise of what was taking place earlier in the year, which is struggles on serve. And I do want to point out Gil Gross, our friend talking about Alcaraz getting broken in his first service game after uh, four of his last five losses 
in the second set after winning a tight tie break. One thing I will say is you look at the this match today, he goes down the break early, he comes back. I mean, that that's just been a pattern throughout his career, though. Uh, he he really goes down early breaks a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he, in the next five years, becomes a much better server. But it's something that worth worth noting is that he's sort of, he almost, he could be way better. You know, he's already yeah. you know, the obvious, you know, arguably the best player in the world, if not, you know, obviously the second best player in the world right now by the rankings. Um, you know, if he if he could just figure out a way to, you know, be more imposing on serve earlier in sets, he could really make another big step, which is kind of scary. That was a Djokovic thing, too. We've even seen him. And, and the serving is what set him apart this last run that's still going. Uh, before we get to Alcaraz, I want to point out the bad Zico had Alcaraz today. Uh, did not go his way. Two and a half. Hate to see it. Spread. Hate to see it. I had to put four X's up because this is a family show, not three. Uh, but then we had the Zverev bet that you hit before that you're on before that match went final. We didn't hit it. Yeah, it. Winners group. Did not hit it yet. But I think Zico I, and Kenny, I think you agree with the logic behind this one that especially, you know, before the Alcaraz match, now you have one in your back pocket. We've also seen Zico some crazy things at this tournament where it's not just chalk and undefeated isn't even likely. We could see everybody beat each other. We could even see a two and one player not getting the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, the way I looked at it was kind of like, I do think Zverev will beat Rublev when they do place one another. And then, you know, him and Medvedev, it has gone Medvedev's way recently. But all of the matches have been decided by like a few points here or there, some tiebreakers. So I kind of just saw, you know, two and one was a real possibility and potentially three and oh, because like we just said, Alcaraz has not been playing very well right now. So I was a little surprised to see him at plus 500. I used behind Rublev, which... Honestly, I think Rublev's the worst player in the group. I know that he's capable of playing, you know, really good tennis, whatever. So it's like hard to say that, but yeah, I think just on paper. clothing Zico. So please pipe down on that one. <laughs> I have something I was going to add to that too. So they changed the format up to where now the winners, like you don't know who the next match is until you actually see who wins both days, which is unfortunate for Zico, right? Because if you could have got a scenario where it's Verev and Medvedev on the final day, that could have been the hedge zone, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely could have been. Yeah, but now if Medvedev wins, they'll be playing on Wednesday. So, um, again, tough to see. I did want to get to the to the Alcaraz discussion, too, because, you know, it's it's another loss to a top player. And, again, he didn't play that poorly today. But the question was brought up. I know Zico has some comments. Kenny, you first, though. And does Alcaraz need a hard reset? And if so, what does that mean? Is it rest? Is it a mental break? Is it maybe some strategy tactics? Where does Alcaraz go as he's, you know, finishing this year and looking into 2024? Well, I think everyone does at this point in the season, right? And I think he's got the hard reset coming up. It's a month off before we get ready for the Australian Open. And it kind of has similar vibes to Daniil Medvedev the first time we saw him in the ATP finals. And I mean, I, I don't know if there's a whole uh, you know, segment dedicated to me ranting about uh, why I love the ATP finals and why it's crazy. But you know, you look back to 2019 when he, he went up 5-1 against Rafa in that third set and then blew it. I mean, that that year he lost all three matches and you know, th- he had very, I mean, Alcaraz obviously has won two grand slams in his first year and a half, really, uh, on, on the tour, two years. But it had similar vibes where Medvedev just won so many tournaments that summer. It was the summer of Med. He won all those Masters. And then, you know, he was just exhausted by the time he got to, to the end of the season. You know, he was, he, he had played almost 80 matches. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen him play you know, close to 80 matches before this year, especially he's played more matches than, um, than I think in, in any year that since he's really risen to the main draw, but you know, I think it's, it's maybe Alcaraz is still trying to figure out the schedule. You know, obviously he got heat for playing the Hopman cup after he won Wimbledon. So I think, you know, 
I think he's just tired. I think maybe he's he, he's I think he comes back in in January, locks in, plays solid at the Australian Open. Maybe he wins that tournament. But I, I just think he needs time off right now. I don't think really there needs to be any sort of strategical change. There are some guys who can out hit him. Um, you know, Yannick Sinner, Holger Runa, you know, guys who just have a really unfathomable power. But other than that, you know, against most of the tour, 99% of the tour, yeah. I still don't think he needs to change anything he's doing. I just think he's kind of run out of gas here. And this, you also have to remember, you know, this is, this is the only time where he has, he actually won a slam in the middle of the year. So he's played a lot of matches and he's, he's gone deep in slams, you know, last year, the Australian open, he was knocked out early. Uh, th- you know, it didn't really follow the same pattern. Wimbledon have, didn't have the expectations lost to center because he hasn't played a lot in grass. So I just think it was a very, very long season for him. And then he yeah. mixed in Hopman cup. Yeah. And I just think by this point, you know, he's, his legs are probably feeling a little sore. Yeah. I, I think strategically for managing his energy and managing his body it's more of the can you make it the long haul can you get to a point where you're not exhausted that's a that's a bigger picture thing i think anybody needs rest this time of year this is the longest season in in sports but i do also and i want to kick to you zico because you know he is for the first time and this is a testament to how brilliant he is showing some vulnerability now he's still a top 10 player in the atp finals but what have you seen from alcaraz at this point maybe on you know the surface or what he's got to deal with behind closed doors as he gears up for a very long, successful career. Yeah. I mean, I think Kenny's right. Like I definitely think he's tired both physically and emotionally at this point in the season, but I did mention to you guys over text. Like, I do think it's interesting that you see, you know, his dad going and scouting Novak Djokovic. And I think that the one thing he could really learn from Djokovic is that it's okay to take some pace off the ball and just kind of like hit the right shot you know, at the right angle and just play a little defense because, you know, I do think he could play, you know, world-class defense if he wanted to. I mean, there were times, I keep referencing this match, it's really weird, but there was times where he was playing against Hubie and he was down and Juan Carlos Ferrero was like, just grind a little, like get the ball back and play, don't miss, like he will win those points in the long run. And I do think that there's, there's a part of his game that he could take out of that where it's just like, take something off of it, hit your spots, like don't charge up and hit the ball directly into the middle of the net because you are going to have the advantage on longer rallies more often than not. So I think that's really what the only change I'd like to see in him strategically is just kind of knowing when to take that big shot. Don't just go for it because you're able to hit it. Yeah. Well, the guy that he is chasing, Novak Djokovic, is uh, finishing year-end officially with the win over Holger Runa for the eighth time, extending his record, his dominance in the game. Kenny, it's Remarkable on a, on a lot of fronts, not just because of his age, but how about the tennis he didn't play this year? To have this record, not playing a full schedule, it's incredible that at his age, physically, he is still the standard on tour. Well, we talked about it last year, how he he still almost finished world number one without playing how you know two slams essentially didn't get credit for the Wimbledon points like I think the last two years have been very very impressive for Djokovic but I was just talking about this recently even the last five years like it it, it's really hard for me to look back and remember that I mean we're talking about the 2019 uh Masters Cup right with you know Dominic team when he lost in the group stage there and then it was the team since he passed finally didn't have a great showing I mean that was four years ago back then like Djokovic was really good he was obviously uh you know many times over a Grand Slam champion but he was just sort of nestling his way into the greatest of all time debate and then he reeled off all these slams in the last five years and it like for as much as he accomplished earlier in his career half of his slams have come what in the last six years, I believe. So it's just, it's crazy to think about how it's almost like he 
he his his head his his ego grew to such a crazy place where he really felt like he was never going to lose when he stepped on a court and i do feel like he didn't we didn't really see that until the last four years so i mean it's sad that he's getting old because honestly like if he would have been doing this for the last 10 years who knows how many grand slams this guy would have had and I, i mean maybe it's just the the mental block that's lifted. Okay. No more Rafa, no more Roger. It's just me. You know, it's, I'm, I'm the guy now I'm going to win all these grand slams, but I mean, it, it, I'm really running out of ways to, to accent just how good he's been over the last two years, because you mentioned the limited schedule this year, the limited schedule last year as well. Mm-hmm. And he's dealt with his fair share injuries. This guy really never gets injured. He has, you know, little things here and there. He had the hamstring earlier than in the year, but I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable how larger than life this guy is, considering he was a guy that was, yeah, he was feared, but he was he was beaten by some of these these next gen guys at the time, like teams, Varev. And now it's all of a sudden he, he's grown into this mythical figure. And I mean, he's always been to the Serbs, but it, it, it's it's really yeah. incredible. Yeah, I, I still can't marvel at the 36-year-old outlasting the guys in their early to mid-20s. Uh, but as Zico mentioned, and, and you too, Kenny, the fact that on big points, how he plays, how his tactics are so sharp. and you know, Well, and to your point, I wanted, I wanted to just mention the, the, the Holger Runa Instagram post. I don't know if you saw it, but he was like, it was like he was like only four more points to Djokovic. Like, you know, he, he yeah, how nice. infuriating is that, right? That's, He's like, yeah. you play a match, he wins four more points than me, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, and but he he finds the way to win those points. He didn't uh when he missed the shot, he missed the sitter against Alcaraz in the Wimbledon final. But I mean that that is really the difference, right? He he never misses uh in those really? spots when he has when he has a foot on the neck of his opponent. So it's yeah. I did think that was pretty funny though. It was a good way to put it in perspective, but also a good uh, a trip into the mind of a player, a top 10 player playing Djokovic. Like what else do I have to do, man? I played a great match and he just won four more points than me. And that was it. Yeah. It's uh, it's really stunning to see what he's done and what he continues to do uh, at his age. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. All right, more tennis bets here now with Kenny Ducey and Zachary Cohen here breaking down the ATP finals. We have one match left today. I want to get into that right now. It's the final group stage match, Medvedev and Rublev, the Russian affair. Uh, and, you know, odds have been shifting. This is what I got before we started the show. We'll get to the pick. We have a synergy pick coming up here. Uh, but it's Medvedev, Rublev, Medvedev minus 204, Rublev plus 174. Medvedev's kind of owned the head-to-head, but Rublev snuck a few in there. And we know, as Kenny said, that sometimes you see some funky results at this tournament. Uh, Zico, looking at the odds, and then before we get into the bet, I know you guys are on Medvedev, but how do you see this one? you know, turning out in the course of this group play match. With regards to the head-to-head, it was like, you know, it's already dominated by Medvedev. I believe it's seven and two in nine matches. It it is. It was the way he won the last one that I think is going to be really hard for Rublev to overcome. I know it was burning hot in New York, and it was like really sticky, disgusting conditions, but Rublev went up 3-0 in the first set. Looked like he was maybe going to get over the hump. Medvedev comes back and wins that set without even needing a tiebreaker after being down 3-0. 
Second and third sets, he's also up a break. Medvedev has done the same thing. You know, there weren't any tiebreakers. He was down a break in every single set. Just kind of was like, you know, flipping the switch, I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you. And I do think that there's something there with this matchup, maybe because they're childhood friends. I think Medvedev knows he just kind of has something that Rublev doesn't. And just like we were talking about before with these quick courts, I do think Medvedev's serve sometimes gets underrated because of how good he is as a defensive player. I think that thing's going to be really hard for Rublev to pick up, and I do think we'll see, you know, a shaky service game or two out of Rublev, which is why I went minus two and a half games. I think I don't think we're going to see two tiebreakers. I think we'll see Medvedev, you know, maybe winning a really lopsided set, even if he does need a win in three sets. So when we get when we get to this pick, and I just want to mention two and a half points is the game spread, and you guys both were were locking into this one, and I remember Ken, Kenny specifically saying that this is you know a favorable spot for Medvedev to be in. Could you expand on that a little bit in terms of why you like him? Again, a favorite, which we've seen, but why you like Medvedev in this ATP Turin match indoors, the way the court conditions are against his buddy? Well, you mentioned, obviously, that, yes, these are fast courts. A big server is going to be pretty dominant, and Rublev has had his issues on the second serve, really on the first serve as well. He's just not in the same class as Medvedev. Zico mentioned it, though. The head-to-head is damning. I mean, it... I like to say, like, when Hatchinoff was playing Safulin and I was just like, you know, and, and we were all gung-ho about Roman, right? We were we were part of the Roman Empire for a few months. It was it was like, I, I think I said, like, it's just a weird Russian thing. Like, I think it's like sometimes with fellow countrymen, especially guys who've known each other for a while, you just know, like, you know, you play practice sets with the guys, you play matches, you just know that this guy's better than me, right? And I think sometimes um, it's that can happen between fellow countrymen. We see head to heads like this all the time. But yeah, I mean, matchup style wise, Rublev just pummels the ball and he just tires himself out against Medvedev because Medvedev knows his patterns. He he is very good at reading Med- uh, Rublev and, and, you know, obviously one of the best defenders we have in the game today. So that's you know, that's the same reason why Rublev is, is never going to be in a good spot against Novak Djokovic. It's the same yeah. exact thing. But when you mix in the fact that he can just be so dominant on serve and really eliminate a lot of return pro- uh, possibilities, it's really going to be all up to Rublev to hold serve consistently. And, and with the return ability of Medvedev, it's just it's 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 he's just behind the eight ball here. I mean, we see guys stack up to Medvedev like Zverev, Kyrgios. Even Djokovic, like it's all about holding your serve, right? It's all about staying in the match and just looking for a, a couple opportunities for the level to drop. Um, you know, it's it, he just does not lose to guys really when he has a good read on their serve. And that is exactly what we have with Rublev. And yeah, I mean, obviously, fast indoor hard courts are perfect for Medvedev. We've seen him lose on indoor hard courts before, but. Contrary to what you think about indoor hard courts, there's actually a lot of slow indoor hard courts that they play on during the course of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has lost indoors before in shocking fashion. But I mean, with his the flat backhand that he provides and his big serve coming from a, a huge, huge height, I do think that, that this is just mm-hmm. going to be a tough one for him yeah. to, to swallow. But yeah, I mean, Nevedev still probably has some motivation here. He has won this event before, but probably wants to win again. Yeah, I mean, obviously all these guys want to win these matches, but uh, it's... it's uh, I don't know. I mean, Rublev did get him at the ATP finals a couple of years ago. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this was the time he got him because end of the year, you're tired. But Medvedev has been here at this point and he actually has not played that much tennis in the last month because obviously he got eliminated in the first round uh, in the Paris Masters by Grigor. So he should be relatively fresh here. And I, and I think if, if he's yeah. fresh and feeling good and meanwhile, Rublev's on the other side of the coin. Rublev's been playing a lot of matches over the last couple of months because he's been winning a lot. So it, it can work against him. His season to Medvedev's, I think he's got the most wins he's had in his career in a season, and and I believe it's the most since Rafa in like 2017. Yeah. So 
It's no, I mentioned his, that he's played eight, yeah. he's played 80 matches this year, and if you look back to when he elevated himself to the main draw in 2017, he's, he has not played that many matches before. But like I said, the fact that he hasn't played a lot recently, I think probably yeah. uh, no, cushions the blow a little bit. If he would have had a better results in slams, we'd be looking at this as Medvedev's signature year, but it just didn't happen in the majors and really one major final match, and we're looking at this whole differently. So, so It's also incredible... Like that he, I, I don't know what you think. I mean, I don't know if there's even a, a response or a take from Zico on this, but it is amazing. Uh, I saw the breakdown on a breakdown on Reddit of where the guys got all their points, and it, it and then it, it Medvedev dominated the Masters this year, obviously, but he actually is one of the best players ever in Masters. He won ten Masters. I think that's almost top five yeah, of all time. Ten different uh, ones, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, Medvedev just like dominated the start of this year in general. Like, it's almost now forgotten. Like, it was so long ago at this point that we don't even like think about it at all. But he was on some crazy tear yeah. in hard on the hardcore season to start the year. But I did want to note just quickly, like, you know, what Kenny's saying, you know, it wouldn't shock him if Rublev wins this match, which it wouldn't shock me either. It's just sometimes like you just got to play a number. And like, Medvedev is just like better than Rublev to the point that. Minus two and a half just isn't yeah. enough. So that's kind of where I was with Alcaraz today. Like I knew that there was a tra- like a a point. Like you know, I, I thought there was a chance Zverev would win that match. But you give me Alcaraz minus two and a half against Zverev, I'm going to do it every time, even though yeah, you know it could go either way. No, I mean, I, I didn't do it this time, but I agree. I mean, the same thing with Medvedev and Rublev. You just, you got to take it. But yeah. I, to my to what I was saying earlier, Mitch, it it does or what I wasn't saying earlier, I was holding back because I didn't know if you wanted me to save it for later in the show. But mm. I always compare this event to an all-star game. And I'm curious if you guys agree because it yes, you win four million dollars if you win this without losing a match, right? You I think the winner just wins two million dollars. It's not like they're playing for nothing. There's a lot of points involved. You've seen guys like Grigor Dimitrov, Jack Sock, Dominic Team, Stefano Sitsipas boost their rankings with wins here, but you know, it, it's a fun event. You know, you saw Novak Djokovic dancing earlier when he was awarded number one. Um, you know, he's, he's not, Novak's not going to go out and lose to the worst players in this draw. Uh, and I'm not, you know, Medvedev isn't either, but there is a added level of variance here, which makes it a fun event because really, if there's ever a time for a guy to overcome a bad head to head is yeah. this tournament well, because a I, lot of guys are tired. A lot of guys focus is off the court. Again, you're doing a lot during every day and, and before the, the tournament even starts. So it's, you know, and you're hanging out, right? You're, you're, you're hanging out with all the guys you're playing. So it's, it's a little bit different of a dynamic than really any other tournament, which is why mentally it's sort of tough to sometimes lock in and, and, and be that bulldog. But I do feel like to Zico's point, Medvedev started the year so well. He won a Masters on clay, which was ridiculous. We didn't expect that. I think he wants to end the year reminding everyone this was my year. So if you want to go for a motivation play, I do feel as though Medvedev's not going to be the guy that drops the the a third match to Rublev and a second mm-hmm. one at this event because I don't know if he really qualifies for the, oh, you know, maybe his head's not in. I think his head's in it. All-star game's a tough one. I get what you're saying, but I mean, they well, don't. Well, how is it not? I mean, these are the all-star game. No one goes into an all-star game. is like, I'm going to prove that it's my year by winning an all-star game. Like, well, there are stakes I, involved. You know, most all-star I, games don't have stake, but you know, it, it's, it's very similar to the, the, the FedEx I, Cup and the PGA Tour. Like, see, that's better. I get the logic, but the all-star game one really is a, is too much of a stretch for me. Well, FedEx is, Cup's I mean, a good it, one. It, it that's is, a be- I think FedEx that, Cup's better. That's better. Yeah. I, I do the think there's a lot of like... All-star game. This is the All-Star game. <laughs> you see all these NBA, NFL, like they don't... Yeah, even- that's <laughs> why it's bad because the NBA the NBA All-Star game ruins the analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's... But that's, it's, I mean, I, I think it's different. I mean, they're, they're not playing for anything. 
right? You're playing for $2 million. And again, it's like, well, I mean, there's a lot of ranking points at stake here. I know Djokovic just clinched year number one, but there is a lot at stakes point wise too. But uh, I did want to say before we move on to the other matches, I did want to also say some of our favorite sites that people play on um, have their parlays and same match parlays. I want to throw one at you just to get your thoughts. Yay or nay, I know this isn't maybe your forte, but this one stood out to me. Medvedev to win in over 22 and a half games, plus 155. I know Kenny no. already saying no to it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it. I think there's a pretty good chance Medvedev wins in two, in two sets. You could, you could take Medvedev in under 22 and a half. I like that oh, one. You like that one. Okay. No long matches. We were just saying he wears them down and outlasts them, but all right. Okay. Yeah, maybe in the first set, and then he's tired, and then he, he wins the second set 6-2. I actually think the set bet might be the one because I think Rublev will get a set today. That's kind of where I'm leaning, but I don't think he wins the match. So um, I don't think uh, we do, though. Do we? Uh, do we want to go head-to-head, Zico and I, against you? <laughs> hey, you can still cover that spread two and a half games. We've seen it time and time again, as you guys both know. So It's tough. Like I, I was watching it before like with Alcaraz where it's like 7-6 you know, in the first, then you need it to be 6-4. You know, you like, it just gets tough with the two and a half. Well, you know, I don't know. You know what was funny about that match? Because I, I was on the Zverev games, and I just feel like a lot of times when I lay two and a half games, that always happens. Like, there's one set where mm-hmm. it's like the guy wins at 6-3 or 6-2, and then you're like, well, now now he's never going to cover. Yeah. And I, I finally got that set where it was like all I needed was two games from Zverev in the third set, and I was feeling great. And all that's all mm-hmm. I needed to win. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. it was nice to have that come back. But that that is a struggle with, with a, a game spread that short a lot of times. And that's why... I, I've tried out taking short underdogs like that on the game spread as opposed to the money line, as opposed to the set spread, because it was juice for Zverev. And it doesn't always work out. But, I mean, that is the thing about tennis betting. There's a lot of trial and error involved because there are a lot of different markets. There's a lot – I mean, you know, you assume that, okay, you know, the odds makers are – you know, if you take the underdog spread, you're like, okay, well, that's a good way to bet on this guy to keep this match closer than what odds makers think. But a lot of times yeah. the scores can be haywire. So it's it's always a challenge trying to figure out what to bet. Uh, like, you know, Zico was right. I think that uh, – well, I mean, he wasn't right today. But, you know, I think a lot of times, like – the favorite will cover the two and a half games in theory if you think they're going to win. But, you know, Alcaraz could have won that match and not covered. He could have just won the last set seven, six or six, four. And, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. unfortunate really that that's sort of how we have to play it. You play the numbers and, and Zico's a volume shooter, which we know. Um, <laughs> all right. We're going to look at the f- two matches tomorrow that we know, obviously, and just some thoughts on that, starting with Zico Holger at minus 172. Sitsipas plus 140. So Holger is a favorite against Sitsipas after losing that tight one. Early thoughts, early reads on this one. I, if you didn't tell me the odds, I would have told you that Sitsipas is going to win this match. There's some hesitation on my end where it feels like this is a trap from the odds makers because of just the way we've seen Holger play over the last, second half of the year. You know, the conditions favoring Sitsipas, Sitsipas playing probably a little bit better in the lead up to the event. That seems almost too good to be true that number for Sitsipas so I am a little bit nervous about it I almost think I'm going to lay off of it uh, see I'm, I'm playing Sitsipas and I think the reason the odds are the way they are Zach is because Rune is 2-0 against Sitsipas and that's the, you know I know that we've seen odds makers make a guy a favorite even with an advantageous uh, or or uh, arduous head-to-head sorry I, I used the wrong uh, adjective that started with a but I do think that this is a situation, Tsitsipas, I thought he played really well against center. He's serving really well. I think he's serving better than Runa is. Um, and I, I I think that this is a situation where he's been here before. He's been to this event before. You talk about stakes and points. Like, I, I 
I, I think he's played really solid tennis over the last month. He's really yeah. locked in after going back to Apostolos. We've talked about it for months, so why not play it? I, I think this is uh, an excellent spot for him to get his first win against Runa. And like we said, you know, I think there's a lot of variance that goes into this event. And if they played at the Australian Open next year, maybe it's a little different. But I think in this situation, I, I think Sitsipas is is a slam for me. I do. I think he's playing really well. He likes this event. And uh, this guy likes the event, too, trying to deliver my HelloFresh package. And, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I, well, that's a good point. I would also mention Sitsipas winning this event before, used to the round-robin format, had come off a loss, lost to Rafa the year that he ends up winning the whole thing. So I think that's something mentally he's in a place there. And, look, I it's weird to say, but I trust him more physically as this tournament goes along. I think Sitsipas is in a good position. With I'll be right back. Yeah, you I go got to in. Get your food while we're talking about the last match here. Uh, Djokovic taking on Sinner. And uh, what can he comment when he gets back, Zico? But uh, the first thing that stands out, and we know how well Sinner's playing, but anytime you see a number that low next to Djokovic, kind of tastes pretty good, I would say. Yeah, I am going to have a really hard time laying off Djokovic there. I'm actually looking right now to see what the game spread is. I don't know if you've seen that. If it's like one and a half or something, then that's also definitely going to be a play. It's two and a half. But yeah, so I would rather lay the minus 160 than take two and a half at minus 115 because of what we said. Like, I don't want to deal with something where you where you win the match and lose on the game spread. So I think that's not a bad price to be paying for Djokovic. I think it's really hard to deny him right now when he has been so vocal about wanting to win this event. I think that yesterday he was almost quoted saying like i'm going to win the event more or less said that i mean he was like yeah. worst case for me is i win yeah. <laughs> best case is i like i think that there's something right now with him trying to just prove to everyone he's without a shadow of the doubt the best player of all time and i do think that in order to do that he wants to just win every single of many plays which is kind of everyone wants to win every tournament they play but when he is motivated he is better than everyone in the world and that's not even really debatable in any way so i don't know like i kind of think we're seeing like a last dance type of thing with Djokovic, like down to like him finding ways to make himself mad in between matches just to bring himself yeah. back up to his yeah. a plus level like there's there is a michael jordan factor to Djokovic right now yeah I mean, and yesterday did you see he against runa there i mean they're chanting no way no way all match and then he like stopped in the third set he stopped after a point and he complained to carlos Bernardo yeah, yeah yeah or, or abdel nor about about yeah but, oh there's yeah. noise in the like, there's no he wanted them to he, he's trying to get them to boo him so if you want to play that narrative they are going to be on sinner's side here at least at least 55 percent because yeah. he is italian although every time you hear people talk about the fact that he's from italy they're like well he's not really italian because he's from northern italy and they don't really but <laughs> i do think they're going to be rooting for yannick sinner here and i i think i think this is a, a spot where yeah you lay the two and a half games with djokovic i think that's a good play sinner and i'm going to push back at the idea that this doesn't really mean anything, Kenny. Sinner needs to prove that he can beat Djokovic. I don't care where it is, but he He's has a lot to do. Sinner. Yes, it he does. He said it himself. But... Yeah, like, I, and and he, he, I know that it's not going to make headway when the Grand Slam starts. You still have to beat Djokovic there, but he needs to do it. Like, he's done so well. We've been singing his praises for what he's done, and he needs to win a match like this. Like, it has to happen. You he also talk about, you, know, you also consider the fact, though, that um, it's not, he's already got the win in his pocket, which is good for him. I think his, his chances of advancing out of the group are pretty strong. I think he should, uh, two Oh Runa. I think that's, that's what I would predict in that match. Um, just, I mean, it, it's very hard to take a set off a of center indoors, but 
to your point, I mean, this is, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, look, a lot of guys have a lot to play for. I just, it's a different event. It is, it's a much different event. It's a different feel. And some guys, some guys do well in it. Some guys don't. I will say that Sinner had never beaten Medvedev when they played. And that was a match where he needed to prove a lot. This was before he was a top 10 player. It was what, two years ago at the ATP cup. And he was the alternate and he did take a set in that match before losing. So he was able to raise his game for that big moment. It was also in Turin with the crowd behind him. And actually I think he might've won. he might've won that match in two sets. So I, I mean, this, this is, this is a spot where I am a little scared off uh, from that perspective, but oh. what Zico was saying, I mean, the how well Djokovic has played, especially when he got a little extra motivation from the crowd um, and how, how good he looked closing that match against Runa uh, I, I I do feel as though he's going to win this match, and I think he's going to cover. Last thing before we wrap up on this extraordinary edition of Tennis Bets, and you talk about futures, I just wanted to point out as well, Sinner losing to Djokovic tomorrow, and then that would be the time I'd play him for a future to win the tournament because I feel like you could get some value there. Because like Kenny, I agree really? he's going I, I to beat Holger, and wouldn't big point there wouldn't have to play him in the semifinals. So that's something to add but you're i mean you also made my argument for me like i think a lot of these guys who haven't yet done it at this tournament mm -hmm. who haven't proven it like th it you, in theory this is a spot where i would play center i just think that the evidence for Djokovic here is so strong with how well he's played over the last four months and and with how how i mean he was like he was almost in like tears last night after he beat runa he had that moment on the court where he was he was crouching down and and, and talking to the court you know maybe thanking the court i don't know what it was with but um, he's, yeah. he's just he's, he's being really weird lately and i i, I think <laughs> you know maybe maybe retirement is closer than we think i don't know but yeah. um I, I do feel like he wants to pocket one more and he probably knows that next year with another year of experience for center ben shelton maybe being in the tournament who know i don't know there who knows who's going to be in the tournament to to give him a run for his money i think he knows that he can win this this year he's got oh, he's got good head-to-heads over all of these guys mm -hmm. and getting through runa yesterday was a big thing all right fellas this was a blast uh day two of the atp finals still so much more tennis to go we're gonna have our final tennis bets of the year on friday so don't miss out on that uh, remember to check out all of our platforms as well tennis bets twitter tennis.com facebook and tennis channel youtube and listen to the podcast as well if you missed the video episode on all your platforms. we didn't talk about jack draper at all we're gonna have to save that for Friday. Uh, we okay. just dove into the finals. Draper, a finalist, not a champion this weekend, unfortunately. But hey. I think he won ten straight matches before that because he was a challenger champion. And I texted you guys. You guys didn't respond to me. But if you guys, if anyone is, is loves tennis and you want to go watch a random match, go back and watch the DVR version of the of the challenge. I think it was the challenger semi between Goffin or Goffin. Goffin, Goffin, and uh, and and Draper. It was an unbelievable match. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, and I think this is also to leave one last note. This is a great time of year uh, to just, I mean, there are a lot of high quality challenger matches going on in the last few weeks of the year, because a lot of guys like Brandon Nakashima's one, a lot of guys who just want a little bit extra points. They don't want to keep their, they want to end their season on a positive note yep. and there's no more tournaments. Um, you know, you do get some fun indoor challengers in France and, and Quarantin uh, Moutet, the Helsinki champion, shout out to Quarantin Moutet. Uh, so it, it, you know, there are some good matches still on uh, from guys that are in the top 100 uh, going on. So I would definitely check those out. All right, Zico, final word from you before we wrap up. I mean, the only thing I think I should say that we really didn't get to is that Holger Runa is playing really well right now, just kind of 
almost out of nowhere after what we saw in the, over the whole summer. Uh, in the last two and a half, three weeks, like he's kind of really dialed it back up. And it's funny because I don't really think that I thought he had a chance to win this group when I first saw it. But, you know, just in terms of mental edge, him over Sitsipas, him over Sinner, like it wouldn't shock me if like there's something out there where he really believes he could beat both those guys and those guys can succumb to pressure at times. So I wouldn't shock me if he gets through. Going to be exciting to see how this all plays out. We have one more group stage match today. Then we go to the second matches for everybody in the group. Uh, Kenny Ducey, Zachary Cohen, it's been a pleasure. We will be back on Friday for the final Tennis Bets Live show of the year as we gear up to see who's going to win the title in Turin. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, everybody out there for watching or listening. And we'll see you in a few days. Enjoy the tennis. Make some money out there.